0: As we get ready for this morning's message, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we cry out to you. You are a good God. And Father, we love to sing praise and worship to your name. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit's presence would be here and alive and active and in our church body, Father. We pray, Father, that you would do a mighty work in and through us, Father, that we would be obedient to listening to your Holy Spirit as well, Father. Father, we lift up needs in this community. We pray for the family of Corey Bruce, Father. We just continue to lift up that family and strengthen them and, and give them healing and encourage, Father, right now and just love on them and use the body to love on them. Lord, I lift up to you also Louie Peterson, just her sinuses, that you would heal her, Lord. Encourage her, Father. Lord, I pray for continued strength and healing over, Lord, Nancy Billings and, and Shirley Jance and Sharon Johnson, that you continue to restore their bodies and and, work, and heal them, Lord. And Father, we just pray for the, the edemics. Nate, Nathan and Michelle, that little baby, we pray for that healthy arrival and that you'd bless them and encourage them through this time. Lord, we, we also pray for baby Jackson who's just been struggling with kind of acid reflux, Lord, that you would just allow the doctors give them wisdom about how to treat that. And Father, we just pray for a mighty work of your Holy Spirit in our church. Father, that we would listen to your word and and, and understand it. And Father, that you would make us, uh, Father, into that old school Acts Church, that we would live out that care and that love for one another and minister. And Father, that as we receive your blessings, we would give your blessings to one another. So Father, encourage our body and be with us, strengthen us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. If you have your Bibles, pull them out. We're going to be in the book of Acts. We're going to kind of be walking through different parts of Acts today. Acts chapter 1, we'll begin in. We're going to kind of wrap up our time in Acts. We've been in Acts for a number of weeks, and uh, we're just going to kind of wrap it up. It's 28 different chapters and 30 years of church life, and we've seen a lot of different... just healings and miracles and new life in Christ. And that's what we want to pray for. This, we're going to, you know, uh, kind of pray that we would become more of an old school acts church. That's what we're praying for us. I don't know if we always want everything that's new school. I don't know. Do you ever feel old school in your life? I don't know. If some of you might think, you know, I just feel old school sometimes, you know. Um, you know, ever go shopping, you're like, what, what's the new trends, what to buy, and, you know, all this ripped clothing. You're like, wow, you know, I thought we just buy jeans. We used to just buy jeans. That's old school, Dad. That's not cool, right? You know, and, you know, I, even texting, I just don't get all the little, you know, acronyms and things like that, I just don't get it all, and so like I finally got into the one LOL, and so I'll be like, you know, laugh out loud, and you just, I just got into that a couple years ago, and now I read an article like in the last two weeks that said LOL is old school, it's out of date, you shouldn't be using that anymore, and I'm like, too bad, I just got into it, so that's what we're going to use, so I'm sorry, sometimes I feel a little old school, but you know what, sometimes old school isn't bad, Okay. Old school can be good. And so we're going to look at the old school Acts church today and characteristics that we've seen over the book of Acts that are healthy and good that we should want and hunger for in our church body as well. And so that's what we're going to be looking at. The thing that we've seen in Acts is we've seen incredible power and we've seen incredible grace. And we see that grace overwhelm and transform lives. And when grace overwhelms and transforms lives, there is power. And the power of the Holy Spirit then moves and transforms literally towns and communities. And we see that in Acts. We see thousands of people come to Christ. In Acts, there's whole Whole communities that are freed in Jesus Christ. There's there's people that are under demonic oppression that are freed in the fullness of the kingdom of God. We see that over and over in Acts. And all of that happens in 30 years. I'm not going to ask for those of you to admit how many of you are over 30, but can you imagine in 30 years of your life seeing this kind of radical transformation, like, you know, this community over here, this community over here, this community over here, just changing and the the works of Christ just becoming powerful and evident. All of that was in 30 years that they took place. So how did this all happen? How did this church just explode? Well, it all starts This is the first point I want you to see if you're taking notes. It all starts with a powerful work of the Holy Spirit. Okay, This church was moved and empowered and transformed by the Holy Spirit. That's what we see. And it all begins with Jesus Christ. When he went to the cross, according to Roman law, he receives 39 lashes, gets beat. Then he goes and hangs upon the cross and he dies. But three days later, that grave could not hold him. The tomb is rolled away and 40 days he lives among the people. Doing ministry, and they come up, and he shows them. They're like, Let me see the holes, and let me see the wounds. And he shows them, and the people are moved. All of this takes place. Acts chapter 1, if you're there, we're going to look at verse 4 just to kind of begin. It says, And while staying there, he ordered them. Not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay, so in Acts chapter one, verse four, we see, hey, just hold on. The Holy Spirit's coming. And how exciting is that? In 10 days, everything changes. Joel, the book of Joel, actually hundreds of years before this takes place in Acts, prophesies that the Holy Spirit would come. Jesus, even in his ministry, prophesied in John that the Holy Spirit would come. He says, hold on, the Comforter is coming. And so we see the powerful, he says, wait a second, the Holy Spirit's coming. Ten days later, everything changes. Acts chapter two, verse one, this is what it says. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Something incredibly powerful was taking place on the day of Pentecost. And Luke says that throughout Acts, hold on to the Holy Spirit. Hold on. The Holy Spirit is coming. And one thing I want to point out to you about the Holy Spirit is that there is a personal nature to the Holy Spirit. The the Holy Spirit is very personal. And, And that's what chapter two, verse three says, and divided tongues as a fire appeared on them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So there was a fire upon each one of them. That is a very personal aspect of the Holy Spirit. You know, and so the question is for us today, are we living under the power of the Holy Spirit? Do you have the Holy Spirit in you? You know, Paul recognized, you know, last week we had a story we we were sharing in Acts chapter 19 and Paul comes up to a group of new believers and he says, have you received the Holy Spirit? He says, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. Right? And he says, I need to tell you about the power of the Holy Spirit. And he baptizes them. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. They speak in tongues and they, they literally prophesy. There's power in the Holy Spirit. So we need to be living under the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Because God will move in a powerful way. Ephesians 5.18. This is what Ephesians 5.18 says. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not with wine or alcohol that leads your mind astray. No, he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit transforms this whole, you know, young church, this young group of people that were believers in Jesus. They said, Oh, Jesus is gone. What are we going to do now? They were nervous, they were anxious. And then the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and now they're boldly proclaiming the gospel all over the world because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, You will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. To The ends of the world at that time was really Rome. And where are they at at the end of Acts? They're in Rome, okay? So the gospel had moved and expanded and taken off over this incredible place, and so it was powerful. And I want you to know the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the same spirit that launched this small group of believers into powerful church, is the same spirit that's alive in Christians today. So the Holy Spirit is alive and active, and so friend, we need to be living under the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that we would submit and understand the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The second part, because they were a church, an old school church that lived under the power of the Spirit, the second point I want you to see is that they lived for Jesus. And they lived to tell others about Jesus. They wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. Peter. Peter, you know, Peter says, you know what? Let's get and going. Let's start telling everybody about Jesus Christ. Acts chapter two, verse 38. I want to read this for you. It says this. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins that you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is Peter who just a couple weeks earlier was saying, I, no, I don't know Jesus. He denies knowing Jesus three times. This is Peter now under the power of the Holy Spirit, and he's telling everybody. He's boldly proclaiming Jesus in the marketplace in front of thousands of people. This is The, the most amazing thing that can happen in one's life isn't like really a change of appearance or get some new you know, item that we buy. The most amazing thing that you will ever see in life is a changed heart a changed heart for the Lord. It's amazing. It's radical. It's powerful. And that's what we see in Peter. Peter was a changed life by the coming of the Spirit. And before God does, I want you to know, before God does a great work through you, because we all want God to use us and do a powerful work, he needs to do a powerful work in us. And that's what he's doing, and he works in us, and he changes, and he transforms, and sometimes he even uses hardships, okay? A lot of times, Peter went through times of seasoning, and he went through kind of testing, and God uses him in a powerful way. So I want you to know, God will often test you. And when you go deeper into his grace, it will radically transform your heart. And then he will give you the Holy Spirit and you have power to be courageous to proclaim the hope of Jesus. And I pray that that would be true for all of us, that we would continue to proclaim the hope of Jesus Christ. So we should be encouraged. Every one of us in here should be encouraged. What does this mean for us? It means that every one of you today that walks in here that has doubts, maybe you've got some questions, you know what, maybe you have some fears and worries and concerns, some anxieties, maybe you have some sin that you think, oh man, oh, if God only knew, it means that all of that is redeemable by God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Our doubts, our fears, our sins, all of that is redeemable by God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need to praise God for that. That is powerful for us. It's amazing how many were coming to Jesus Christ. Look at um, verses 40 and 41 in Acts chapter 1. It says, And many with other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people are added to the kingdom of God. Acts chapter 4, 5,000 people are added to the kingdom of God. Pentecost was a very, very powerful day, but it shows also what God can do today. That's what it shows. It was a powerful day, but we need to know that God can do it again. And I pray that Lord, Holy Spirit, come and do it again. Amen? That he would cause revival and break hearts for the Lord and break through barriers and we would surrender and see a mighty work of God. God was adding to their number daily. And one of the characteristics of the church, because this church is now launched, one of the church characteristics of the church, point number three, is that they deeply, deeply cared for one another. They saw one another, and you have hurt or a need, and they would come around each other and care for each other. They were authentically dedicated to caring for one another. And I want you to know, today's church, a lot of times, has become, what can I get out of church? You know, what can I get? What can I, what will do does this one have the better children's, mis- this one have the better youth mis- Does this one play the songs I like? You know, it's kind of like, we just, I'll just go and find the one I need to. And friend, yes, we need to have our needs met, but also it's what can I contribute to the needs of others? How can I give? How can I serve? That's what they were doing. They were dedicated to one another. Acts chapter two, verse 42 through 40, uh, 44, it says this, um, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and prayer. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were so committed together and cared for one another. And I want you to know, an old school Acts church was the exact opposite of our, our churches today. They really said, Hey, what can God do through me? What can I bring to offer and give life to someone else? How can I serve? So I pray that God would help us be a community that invests. We invest in you and we invest in each other. And then when you're invested in, you go and you invest in someone else. And we continue on this discipling where we continue on to pour into one another. You know, so what does that mean? That means You know, has anyone ever prayed for you? I got to tell you, when people pray for me, it means the world to me. But that means then I go and I pray for someone else right? And I care for the body. Has anyone ever blessed you? Have you ever felt blessed? Like, oh, I just had a season, you know, and they just brought you a meal or cared for you. When you get blessed, what do you do? You go and you're in a season where God has lavished and given me blessing. Now I can bless somebody else. And so you bless others. So we pray and we pray for others. When I get blessed, I bless others. We continually care for one another. That's what fueled this community, they were caring deeply for one another, and I pray that that would be true of our, a mark of our church as well. The, the fourth thing I want you to see is they had a radical expectant faith. They expected that their faith believed God would do big things in their midst, and it takes, I want you to know, as you're leading a church or leading for the Lord, it takes a big faith to lead for the Lord. It also takes a a big faith to keep up with the Lord when he's moving and, you know, using you and you need to keep up with him. You've got to have a big faith. God, you want to do what? You want to use me how? Right? These leaders of this church boldly believed that God could do an amazing thing. They went around and they prayed for these communities and they said, you know what? What about Athens? What about Ephesus? Man, that, that community, they've got so much you know, oppression there and brokenness. We shouldn't go there. No, they thought, what if I went there? What if I shared the gospel? It may be hard. It may be difficult, but yet God may want to redeem and move in that city. And that's what takes place, right? So I want you to know they absolutely dreamed that God would change and transform all these communities. And God does it through the power of the Holy Spirit and using them that's where these verses that come from, uh, maybe you've used these verses a lot in your lives. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me, right? Uh, Romans 8.36 says, I, you know, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So, God, may, have we lost our vision for what God wants to do? Do we have a bold faith, believing that God wants to do a big work in, and through us? I pray that we do, because all throughout the book of Acts, you know what I saw? Paul, Peter, Stephen, they were getting beat they were getting stoned. I mean, literally throwing stones at them, trying, people trying to kill them. Paul was in prison. Peter was in prison, you know, and nothing was stopping them from sharing the gospel. Nothing was stopping them from sharing Jesus Christ. All that happened in Acts, I got to tell you, as I read through Acts time and time again, it was exhausting Just imagine all the walking they did. I mean, going from town to town. I mean, you were like, man, where is that, you know, bike? Where is that, you know, they didn't ever talk about vacations. They were literally just exhausted all the time, serving and serving the Lord. But a lot of times we just kind of, I'm a little tired. I'm not going to, I'm going to take a season off, right? That's what we kind of do. So may we be an old school church and really have bold faith. Ephesians 3 verses 20 through 21 says to this, Now to him who is able to do more than we can ask or think or imagine, to him be the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. God, give us a bigger vision about what you want to do. We're not even thinking about what you want to do or what you have in store for us. You know, they had this expectant faith. You know, the, the demon here in this flee in the name of Jesus Christ. They expected this person to be healed in Jesus. They were in, we, we studied this a couple weeks ago. Remember when Peter was in prison or in jail? They had prayer groups all through the night, You know, And they expected, Lord, open those jail cells, break away, free Peter, the gospel's got to continue to go forth. That's the kind of expectant faith. So I want you to know, we need to live out this kind of bold expectant faith all over this community. I mean, that's the kind of expectant faith that Paul last week took to the hall of Tyrannus and said, in two years, in two years of daily sharing the gospel, 300,000 people in that whole region had heard of the good news of Jesus Christ. That's big faith, and I pray that God would give us that kind of expectant faith. But I also want to caution you, be careful of what you expect of God, because He can do it. Okay? I'm just telling you, you know, you you want God to do that. He may do that, but it also may cause you at times to be a little bit more uncomfortable. Like, you might have to be uncomfortable so that others can hear and know the goodness of God. And that's what, you know, he does. And so God moves in powerful ways. But they had this expectant faith. The fifth point I want you to see, because of they had this expectant faith, they were all incredibly generous. That's just how they lived. They were very generous people. They used whatever they had, the best of what they had, and said, hey, how can this benefit the ministry? Their their jobs, their, their land, their houses, they're like, how can you use my house for ministry? Any way they could. They were just very generous. So why were they generous? Let me tell you why they weren't generous. It wasn't because of fear of punishment. Like, I know I'm supposed to give, I'm supposed to give. They gave because they had understood all that God had done for them. And they were overwhelmed by the grace of God. So overwhelmed. I mean, look at Acts chapter 4, verse 33 um, through 35. It says this. And with great power, the apostles were um, giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. So they understand the depth of the grace of God. And there was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of land or houses sold them and brought uh, the proceeds uh, of what they had sold and laid it at the apostles' feet and they distributed it to each that had need. These believers, where lives were changed, that the grace of God is so good that they literally just lived in response to that grace of God. Their generosity was a response to the amazing grace of Jesus Christ. And I pray that that would be true of us, that being generous. Let me tell you, when you become generous, it changes your whole lifestyle. You live differently. You recognize what I have is literally for the Lord. How can I bless them? And generosity will bring incredible joy to your life. The early church didn't see giving as an obligation. They saw it as an opportunity to spread the gospel. And that's what they did. Lord, how can you use what I have for your kingdom? That was a mark of the old school church. And I pray that that would be true of us as well. The final point I want to just kind of saw in this Acts uh, church was I want you to know they were incredibly bold, they were incredibly courageous, and they were committed to doing work for the Lord, committed to action. Look at Acts chapter 20, if you have Acts chapter 20. We made it to 19, and now we're, this is verse 20. I'm going to read for you verses 18 through 27. But Paul here is talking to the Ephesian elders, and he's kind of saying, hey, look what I did among you. Look how I lived my life, and look at how God used what I you know, lived out among you. And I want to encourage you, apply this passage to your life. How can it apply to your life? Acts chapter 20 says this, and when they, had, um, when they came to him and said to him, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time. From the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me, happened to me through the plots of the Jews. That verse right there, you might want to underline or circle those three words, humility tears and trials. Because I'm just telling you, when you serve the Lord, there's a lot of times you will go through tears and trials and difficulty. And what that develops in you is a humility, a humbleness that you then serve the Lord with. And that's what Paul did. Serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink back from declaring to you anything that was profitable, and teaching you in public from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and to the Greeks of repentance towards God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit. In other words, he's following the leading of the Holy Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testified to me in every city that imprisonment and affliction await me. I know hardship's coming is what he's saying. But I do not, if you want to memorize a verse, you might want to memorize verse 24. Listen to this. But I do not count, account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. May I not even count my life as value, but use it for the Lord and to testify to the grace of Jesus Christ. Verse 25, and now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone out about proclaiming the kingdom of God will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Think about this. How many times you know, do we get nervous about sharing our faith in Jesus? Paul's saying, I never held back from sharing Jesus. Paul's saying, you know what? That day on that bright light when Jesus changed my life, from that day forward, I have been proclaiming the hope of Jesus Christ. Acts is full of men and women who were changed, Just changed for Jesus. And then they started to give over their lives over to the work of the Lord. There was a fearlessness about them. There was a fearless faith that changed the world. And I want you to know, God can absolutely do it again today. With the fearless faith of people in this church body, in this community for Jesus Christ, we can transform, right? May God use us and give us bigger vision that God would transform McPherson, Galva, Mound Ridge, Inman, Linsburg, this community would know of the things of Jesus Christ. I think for a lot of us um, as Christians, we think, you know what, I'm a a Christian, so that means I I don't do a lot of bad things. And that's kind of how we viewed our Christian life. I just don't do a lot of bad things. But I'm praying that God would push our faith a little bolder, and we would understand that God wants us to do even more for the kingdom of God. I want to give you just one quick example. C.S. Lewis um, talked a lot about in his writings. He gave an example about what it was like to eat with the Lord, okay? And he said, in this example, he said, you know what, it's kind of like a lot of people when they think of eating with the Lord, they think, you know what, we're sitting on the floor and we're like, Lord, just kind of push off a few crumbs. Let us just eat on a few of the crumbs off of your plate. But really, the Lord is like, you know what, pull up a chair, sit with me, dine and feast with me on, for the things of the kingdom of God. God wants to use us to do something mighty. And I pray that, you know, it wouldn't be just, you know, that we see an Acts, This is just what God did. Oh boy, look what God did. No, it's about what God's doing. The Holy Spirit is alive and active in every believer and Christian today. And so friend, would we move and be moved by the Holy Spirit, So as we close, what is God asking you to do for him? How is he calling you to to, to depend upon the Holy Spirit? And the the question I wonder is, maybe some of us have just been a Christian so long that we've really stopped asking. We've stopped being bold in our faith. I'm praying that God would make us bold for him and that we would be more like an old school Acts church. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we, we just thank you that we just uh, be in your word today. We thank you for the book of Acts and we see lives change and transformed. And Father, may you change and transform our lives. Father, we pray that as we uh, surrender our life to you, Jesus, that your Holy Spirit would come and fill us and and move on us, and Father, that we would receive a fresh vision of the ways that you want us to, to live for you, and how to be generous and be caring and committed to one another, and God, would you challenge us to have a bold vision of more of this community coming to know Jesus, and using us, using every one of us to be a testimony, Father, that we would not hold back, that we would boldly proclaim Jesus wherever we are, recognizing this life is not our home, that we have a beautiful home waiting for us in eternity with our Heavenly Father because of that relationship, that restored relationship with Jesus Christ. So God, make us more like this old school Acts Church for your glory, for your namesake. Do it through the power of your Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hear the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Have a blessed week.